Hello, my name is PJ Alex, and with me is HR Paperstacks. We are your hosts for the next arbitrary block of time. Our goal is to entertain, enlighten, and examine all things dope. Each week, we're bringing you breakdowns of the hottest new music, commentary on the newest media from around the web, and the latest news from the world of tech. This is Virtual Dopeness. Good grief. I've been reaping what I sowed. Nigga, I ain't been outside in a minute. I've been living what I wrote. And all I see is snakes in the eyes of these niggas. Hello, and welcome to episode six to of Virtual Dopeness. This is a hodgepodge episode, so let's go ahead and put that out there <laughs> to begin with. We have three guests in the studio, um, technically four, <laughs> but this was recorded across two weeks, and we knew there was going to be some tough times recording, going to Coachella and everything, uh, so please bear with us. We have MH, who's going to be talking about Earl Sweatshirt, I Don't Like Shit, I Don't Go Outside a member of Odd Future, who uh, came on the rap scene last year. I do a little explanation of him if you don't know him. And we have Styles and Goldmember, who are also going to be in the studio. They'll be talking later on in the episode. And I'll introduce you to those guys. Um, please bear with us through the episode. The audio quality jumps around a lot. <laughs> but I think you will enjoy. It's a good conversation, and uh, we want to hear from you. So, um, please let us know iTunes reviews on Facebook at virtual dubness and on Twitter, go ahead and shout out to us and that'd be great. Uh, once again, this is Earl sweatshirt. I don't like shit. I don't go outside. So just to give you, not everybody is familiar with Earl sweatshirt. He came on the, on the, my radar last year. When he dropped his debut album of Doris, uh, it was, I had mixed emotions, but he, it really came onto my radar because a lot of people were excited about it. There was a lot of Twitter talk about it. And when they talked about it on Twitter, it was like, oh, this is the person from Our Future I'm waiting on. So Earl Sweatshirt is a member of Our Future. He is friends, associates with Tyler, the creator, um, Our Future Wolfgang, uh, they they are a collective based out of Calif- uh, Los Angeles. They have produced artists such as uh, Frank Ocean's actually an affiliate. He's not officially in uh, Odd Future, from my understanding. Uh, Tyler, the creator, was really the premier artist out of Odd Future. He made waves. They, as a collective, including your own sweatshirt and... Um, What's his friend? Pedro or something like that? I think Pedro, something like that. Something like that. They had a show on uh, Adult Swim and really kind of took over from there. They have a huge following uh, of very angsty teenagers um, <laughs> and other people because people tend to like their their brand of comedy, their their music, and the, just their whole attitude. So, like I said, Earl Sweatshirt came onto my radar last year via Twitter, Twitter talk, Twitter banter. And then really caught my attention because of Pitchfork. Now, I have my own issues with the music reviewer Pitchfork. I don't know him personally. I don't know Pitchfork from Hole in the Wall, from John, from Adam or Jim. But what he did was actually he rated Doris better than Good Kid, Mad City. And when I saw that, along with how he reviews one of my other favorite artists, but I will save that argument and conversation for another time. When I saw that, it was interesting to me. I lost some respect in some points, but anyway. So, Earl Sweatshirt, I don't like shit. I don't go outside. Kind of sets the tone for the album. Is it an EP? What is it? It's an album. It's a short album. It's good. Ten tracks. Oh, really now? So... Uh, we still have in the studio Ron and MH. What up, what up, what up? And oh. so, <laughs> I will give first crack at I don't like shit, I don't go outside to MH. I don't like shit but three tracks. <laughs> oh, and that's being liberal. Oh. That's 30% of the album. Yeah, okay, so Fawcett, Grown Folks, and Bull. 
half of the reason, nah, fuck it. Sixty-five percent of the reasons on each of those tracks that I like them are is the beat. <laughs> um, so Paul cleaned it up pretty nice when he was talking about angsty teenagers. Really, the the rest of the album is just blind fury. <laughs> um, there's no storyline. The 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 that I can really discern. You know, maybe people, maybe only angsty teenagers with no bills or anything to actually be angsty about can understand it. But I, I didn't. I don't want us to sound as old as we do, but. No, I'm very much into young things. You know, that sounded so Sandusky. But. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know what the fuck I mean. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm not, you know, we're in our 20s. We're not old. But we, we, we have an appreciation for things that are new. But this album is new shit. It just wasn't that good. And I think I think he a, a lot of it was, you know, him probably just where he is in life right now mm -hmm. and just putting it out there. But it's misdirected and there's no storyline that I could really follow. He's not saying very much at all. And and by storyline, I, I think it, not just storyline, but just like common theme besides anger and depression. Bruh, I should not have to take a Zoloft to listen to your album. This is a great album to sit in the corner and drink about. And if and, and he talks a lot about drug use, he talks a lot about alcohol. He's using he he says on the album he using indica, but maybe he needs to switch to sativa. Bruh, you really need to 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 really think how things is going. It really did sound like the suicide soundtrack. Like, like it really did. It, it's <laughs> somber and. <laughs> It's it's just a lot going on there. Like I needed a hug in the middle of the album. Like it really wasn't <laughs> like he, he really like they really need to just like take him to the youth ministry of the church. <laughs> like it's it's just not it's and it's and the thing about it is even his depression sucks because it, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like you don't have any you, you you're cool, Earl. I'm sure you're a great guy, but your album isn't because it you, it just doesn't have any direction. It kind of goes everywhere. I agree I couldn't that. tie anything together. I agree with that. He has, and the thing is, the weird part about it is, with 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 Earl Sweatshirt, I like his features on other songs. He can actually do some damage and rap. Like I, I enjoy his rapping at times, but when it comes to this, I'm I'm like, okay, yes, it has an overall theme. It, the overall theme is I don't like shit and I don't go outside at all. <laughs> I sit in a room in the corner with weed pills and whiskey. Yay for whiskey. But that's not the... It's just... Okay, so my, my track's off weed of Weed is also not terrible. AM AM is 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 actually... I enjoyed the beat on Wool is Nuts. Um, the intro... I would say like the first... 16 bars of mantra is is dope inside was cool because he's actually talking about inside in all of its it's like the the crib notes version of uh if these walls could talk of a kendrick's album when by crib notes i mean the spark notes pink monkey please don't mention kendrick while we're talking about earl <sighs> you right um and then dna was pretty was probably my favorite track off of it i also noticed that Every track that I liked was just about him with somebody else. Um, yep, only the features were better than the rest. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, kind of brought up the mood a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Like I should not have to listen to Happy in between each track in order to not drive off the side of the road. But it, it took a lot for me to find up, find a place. It, it took a lot for me to actually find tracks I like. Like, I had to listen to this album, then listen to this album, then listen to this album. I listened to it in a grand total, I want to say six or seven times. At track, listen six is when I actually started to, okay, I enjoy this song. But if I didn't have to review it for this, it's probably not going to get listened to. And that's Honestly, I, I really did just, like, pay attention to it because we were going to review it. Because after the first listen, I was pretty darn sure I didn't like it. Are y'all fans of his other work? I'm fans of his features on stuff with Tyler, his feature, features yeah. on stuff. Yeah. I think yeah. he has uh, Vince Staples. Um, he's been on a couple other tracks. I want to say he was on something with, with, 
with uh, Frank Ocean, and I want to say he was on something with Vic Mensa, but I don't. I think I'm confusing him with being on something with Vic Mensa, and that's not right. Um, but I enjoy his features and stuff, but just at not his his albums. Like I don't want to relegate him like I relegated uh, Nicki Minaj the other other time because I I said a long time ago Nicki Minaj don't need to come out with albums. She needs to come out with songs every other month. And, and switch between hip hop and pop, and that's I don't think she should make albums. Period. Um, as MH destroys my house, um, I multitask well. <laughs> so with all that being said, I'm kind of good on this one. I'm probably going to catch a lot of flack, and I may end up standing next to this dude at Coachella. Hopefully, he don't hear this and take a swing at me. Uh, or Tyler jump off stage and, and drop kick me in the forehead. But Earl, if you do hear this, um, you were born in '94, one of the greatest years in hip hop, recent hip hop history. Um, it depends on how recent, how you define recent. But that I don't use that as inspiration. Go back, it's like Soul Search, like listen to the old stuff. Like I'm not saying every rapper needs to be a lyricist or whatever, but have some storyline some general like the the greatest lyricists the greatest rappers in history tell a story have something some type of glue in your album there's nothing to really for a fan or or a casual listener to connect to your music that i could discern other than a very niche group of people that are very depressed um, and maybe that's where you, maybe that's where he was when he made the album. But there was nothing for me to, to connect to this album. And bro, there are two hundred thousand people at Coachella, a hundred and fifty thousand women, probably. Have one of them hug you. Just come up to you and hug you. We're concerned. You, you probably, you probably input a lot to Loiter Squad, you probably input a lot to, to everybody else's music. You're probably a good dude. You seem like a, a chipper person in your Wikipedia picture. Yeah. But damn it, man. Damn. Damn it, man. Damn. So, uh, hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on uh, Facebook. Hit us up on SoundCloud. Ooh, I need to update the SoundCloud account. I forgot about that. Yep. <laughs> hit us up in the inbox. If you, if you completely disagree with me, I'd love to hear your opinion. Because I actually... Had somebody tell me that this was better than another album that we're going to talk about soon, which was Action Bronson. Nah. So, I'm, I'm, yeah. So, hit us up. Let us know. And we'd love to hear from you. Thanks a lot. We out. Holla. This episode of Virtual Dopeness is brought to you by Virtual Dopeness's coverage of Coachella Weekend 2. Go ahead and check it out on Instagram now. And then while you're there, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Virtual Dopeness. And welcome back, listeners. We're in our media segment, which we'll be talking about one of uh, my nearest and dearest franchises, which is Furious 7. But first, we actually have some new guests in the studio. We had to do some breaking apart of these episodes, recording at different times. One, because we wanted to get them out to y'all. Two, because Coachella's kind of right in the middle of everything. So... In the studio with us today, we have two of my closest friends, two of my closest homies, two of my brothers. We're going with Styles and Goldmember, and they are both in the music, tech, fashion industries, phases, and everything. So I feel like they are good influences that we could bring in. So first, who's going to talk to you is uh, Styles, and we're going to uh, bring him up. Introduce yourself. What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? This is Styles. Um, just a little bit about myself. I come from a tech background with a computer science degree. Um, following that, I work for a Fortune 500 company doing just everything as far as building, coding, designing, and now I'm consulting. So I've done everything from that side for the tech. As far as everything else, music is what wakes me up in the morning. So it keeps me going, and I guess that's why, again, I'm here. So this is Styles. Instagram, Jetsetter, 06. What's going on, y'all? It's your boy Goldmember, uh, representing Brooklyn to the fullest. Young entrepreneur, uh, aspiring restaurateur, currently running one of the best pizza spots in Atlanta. Spin the spinning pie. About to release my first clothing line and Goldmember lifestyle coming soon next month in May. 
Uh, big fan of music, business, uh, tech, anything that has to do with money, really. <laughs> and also the passion that comes behind being an artist. But yeah, man, that's me. Check me out on Instagram, Real Gold Member. Gold Member Lifestyle coming real soon. There you go. So th- those are our guests in the studio. And another guest we have in the studio, because we're talking about Furious 7, and if anybody is, is close to the franchise, knows the franchise, loves the franchise, uh, you know that from there, the the, the Fury, Fast and Furious family lost a member in uh, Paul Walker. He was pretty much the, the main co-star of the series. And he his life was tragically cut short with a car accident because he actually loved what he did. He loved acting and he loved cars. So... Furious, Fast and Furious brought that boat together for him, and he just kind of continued that. Well, shortly after his death, Vin Diesel, in his tribute, released an interview, uh, a set of interviews, really, that um, they tied together that he was uh, just just in memory of him. And in one of those, he said that his favorite drink was Bushmills Black Bush, either straight up or on a rock. So in his honor... And because I drink during every episode, I've never really told you guys, but if you've noted, if, you, if you've been with us since episode one, you you heard the first advertisement that I did, <laughs> and that was for bourbon. <laughs> so, uh, really, we're, we're pouring up. Each one of us is going to take a shot. Um, Let's do it. Understand that we love y'all because it is 12 o'clock on a Sunday. Early. Early. We're recording this one. So, we're going to pour up in our natural fashion. <laughs> and uh, as we do it here, with with all of us, uh, clink up and up to it. Up to it. Down to, down it. to it. Fuck those who don't do it. We, we do it because we used to it. Drink, motherfucker, drink, motherfucker, drink. <sighs> That's really not bad at all. That's pretty good. Very smooth. Pretty good. Shout out to Paul Walker. So, this is actually our first movie review segment. We're going to try to do it. Try to do it spoiler free. Um, (laughs) uh, Just to remind y'all of the rules, y'all can say whatever the hell y'all want to. Um, I throw the explicit tag on there. So, we good. Just uh, don't make any jokes. They're going to get me shot. Um, (laughs) I mean, after after last episode with the way we talked about our sweatshirt. He might come choke me in my sleep. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, Furious 7. This is the seventh installment of the Fast and Furious series. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been long awaited because, one, because they delayed production for Paul Walker's death. Uh, but he had 85% of his scenes done before, and they finished it up using his brothers and CGI. Um, another piece of this it's a completion of the series. They're, they're still talking about doing other ones, but at the same time, if you follow the franchise, the movies in in, in time, it goes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Mm-hmm. But in the storyline, it goes 1, 2, 4, four 5, five six, 6, 3, three. 7. Right. Um, finally, taking away the fact that 3 was the bastard child of a lot of confusion because it was... <sighs> No, it had Bow Wow. Three was one, yeah, with Bow Wow. Yeah, that was Tokyo Drift. So, and, and then I guess one feeling I had is uh, no spo- no spoilers, but I was hoping that I would have more from three because I was uh, really I did. That's I not too much of a spoiler. Yeah. But yeah, but Han was like Han is still one of my favorite characters of that's the right. franchise because he when you go to Tokyo the cars are different. The cars are like more custom. Mm-hmm. The cars are like. When that number three had more custom done to the whips, and Han had his own shop, you know? Mm-hmm. And so after that, the next ones are all action and everything, but I felt like three did the best job of just showing you all the different types of cars you could mess with. It really displayed being fast and furious. Yeah, that's, it did. That's, it that's, did. That's, I never looked I, at it from that and way. I looked, at, but I looked at it like that, but at the same time, that that's a callback to one, because in the first one... He had the shop. Like, that was Dom and them. Mm-hmm. They were stealing parts. That was a storyline. Right, they were stealing right. parts. To, to get ready for race wars, which mm-hmm. they they do they go they back go to back. in this one, which was dope to me. They they make this one does I will say tie back to the other ones in different pieces really well, mm-hmm. and it feels really good that they did that. So, what about you? What do you think of the movie? I go remember. Uh, for me, I I think in in reference to seven, seven really set up you know 
it's probably the first movie I've seen incorporate multiple series very well. Hmm. I think, you know, it, it touched on certain parts in movies that of the Fast and the Furious that you really enjoyed, you know, bringing all the different dynamics, uh, you know, different artists, Ludacris with Tyrese being there, you know, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and then you, you got Ronda <laughs> Rousey showing up, mm-hmm. you know, doing her little scene. And Jason <laughs> Statham, this is Jason Statham's first real villain role in a movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And he, to actually he see him. He did a really good job at it. Job at it. <laughs> to, to see him work at it, it's like, oh, my gosh, why haven't you been doing this a long time ago? Like, you know, Jason Statham, one of my favorite action stars. Uh, you know, I watch a lot of his independent films, his overseas films. And just to see him in a villain role in a blockbuster production, it's just like, oh, my goodness. Exactly. Let's go. I think at the end of the day, Jason just had to. They didn't give him any lines because all you have to do to be badass in that movie is not talk. He, he literally doesn't say that much. He's literally just kicking ass every scene, and then he that. ends it with a catchphrase or something, and then he's gone. Like the spoiler, but he walks into the room, right? He walks into the Rock's room, and he's just in there like, "Yup, I'm on your computer." <laughs> just getting some stuff. I'm gonna leave in a second when I feel like it. Like, he doesn't have to say a lot, you know. A man, a man of a few words. Exactly. That's a badass. Movie. And and it's he does it really well. Like mm-hmm. I really enjoy. I enjoy. Like I said. Like you said. I enjoyed Jason Statham in everything. Like the Crank series, the uh, oh, Transporter yeah. series. He was. He's always been a hero. Mm-hmm. And he's always in, uh, what's the one with every action star ever? Expendables. Expendables. Love him in Expendables. Love him in Expendables. Like, he can drive a movie. And when you see him in this villain role, you're like, damn, you need to do this more. Right. right. (laughs) And he's such a kick-ass star. Like, the action in this movie is really good. I was worried about the action changing because they changed directors. Because, like, the director Mm -hmm. uh, who did 4, 5, and 6 left... He's now moved on to other things, including the um, television show Scorpion, which I really like. Um, it's about a team of geniuses. Or I'll be, I'll get into that very soon. Get into I, it. I, it's, I, I really enjoy it. I don't know how long it's going to last, but I think it's getting the ratings. It's just CBS is doing something weird, which like they show an episode like every two weeks or something stupid. So I don't know what they're going to do with it, but he does that. He did. Uh, I forget what else he did, but I was worried about the action changing from there. But it's like they stepped the action up. All the fight scenes are dope. The rock the fight scenes are crazy. Like yeah. the boss fight at the end. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you have to see it. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I think I think the garage fight scene is probably one of the best fight scenes we've seen in a very long time. Probably yeah. since the Avengers, maybe mm-hmm. since Avengers one, mm-hmm. um, or even the fight scene in the beginning with. Jason Statham and Dwayne Johnson. That was insanity. That was something that everybody wanted to see. Exactly. I think think for me, it was like, you know, you know, very rare to do you see the rock pull out a rock bottom, you know, and (laughs) see that actually happen. You know, everybody was (laughs) talking about it before the movie came out to actually see it and get down to the part. You know, it's it's very interesting. Or even to see, you know, Dwayne Johnson in the hospital, you mm-hmm. know, right. not in the movie for most of the movie. We know he has a lot of things going on mm-hmm. right now, and he's becoming such an iconic action movie star right now. And it's just like, you know, to see him come back. I would low-key say he's becoming the Arnold Schwarzenegger of our time. He oh, really is. Because he's, he's that huge size, like that right. Olympic-sized athletic action star he's not the, the he's not jason statham he's not going to fight you in a slick quick way he's not going to be jackie chan he's not going to be uh, it's going to be brutal it's going to be brutal See, that's the thing about that slamming movie. It's like shit. jason is the quick one who mm-hmm. can just come into a room whoop your ass and walk out <laughs> and no one even knew exactly it was jason but the rock and Ben are big boys like you know <laughs> they are there they're yeah. making noise they're making noise when they fight jason's just like i'm coming in quiet Cracking neck, I'm out. <laughs> you know. But but then tear shit up because even in the scene where he's introduced, mm-hmm. it's like you just see him at the end of this. Like you don't see him fight, but you see him walk out through his path of destruction. Oh, that and was that was cold, ridiculous. Right. The, the intro and, to the movie that mm-hmm. that set the tone. I'm, <laughs> and, I'm I'm glad because I actually I looked over that and you bring that up and that set the whole tone of the movie. Just the way the way they opened the movie of him. Leaving mm-hmm. a path of destruction, letting you know this is what I'm here to do right. from mm-hmm. the jump. Kill my mm-hmm. man Han. Man. Man. 
kill, and that that's something they revealed at the end of six. Like that was probably the greatest way to tie all that shit back together. Exactly. I was mind blown when everybody I was because in the six, that's how it happened, man. And because if if you haven't seen Tokyo Drift by now, then you just lost. I don't know what you're doing, but you go back, and look <laughs> go at back, the movies. watch the movies. Because here's the thing: this movie could stand alone on its on its mm-hmm. own as a good action flick, but. And you can go and enjoy it without seeing the rest of the movies. But you have such a connection if you've seen the rest right. of these movies. Like, and if you have, also if you have an appreciation of cars, because mm-hmm. the cars oh, they man, pull out tough. in this in this movie are. Can reckless. we talk about the fast? The, what, what's the name of the fast? The Lycan Hypersport, Ooh, three million dollar car. There's only seven made in the world. Google that. <laughs> Google that. And the things that they do with that in Dubai oh are God. freakishly amazing. Like. You know, let me. I, I want to talk on that just real quick. Now, spoiler alert. I know it's not a spoiler because it's actually in the trailer. It is. But jumping from pretty much hundred-story buildings on a decline, probably about say what, about a half a mile apart each building. Mm-hmm. In in a hyper sport car. Now I don't know how fast this car has to be going, but keep in mind Vin Diesel's driving it, so I'm pretty sure he's pushing it. Uh. <laughs> But making three jumps and then jumping out of the car, grabbing the flash drive before <laughs> the car flies out of a window. Mind you, this is a three, $3.1 million dollar car. <laughs> There's only seven made and you guys just threw it off of a building. I don't know how much building. is... I don't know if they CGI'd. I hope they CGI'd in a Civic and did that shit because nigga, <laughs> <laughs> <You laughs> they threw like, a three point million probably the, the car. Right, probably maybe the car was probably <laughs> in the first building and that was it. Anyway. I hope you because know, the trailer hope. was only one building. Yeah. One I building. didn't see two others coming. That was I was so <laughs> this surprised. Shit was ridiculous. Can, can, and, and while we're on that topic, can we even discuss the luxury that was in this movie? Because Ooh, even the Dubai portion, they're at a pretty much a billionaire uh party like mm-hmm. that's just and it's if we can talk about this there's a lot of ethnic people oh, there yeah, are. it was a very very diverse room yes in that, in that ethnic party <laughs> <laughs> you know those I, girls uh, pretty the girls pretty in this movie were how were they getting in i guess they were just you know there because they were girls cute look good. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah okay yeah. because <laughs> You know, this, that How was a, there was a lot of girls do, do, do everything. <laughs> right here we go. Get Podcasting. everything. I sh- most good-looking girls before I before I have every right. feminist in the planet jumping on me. <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying, if I was a girl and I looked good, I would be a whore. But that's me personally. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. What what about the girl of this movie? What was the curly hair's name? Oh, I don't know, but the girl oh. from this movie oh. is pretty bad. Oh my god! You know where she's Her, from though? Where is she from? She's from. Isn't she from here? I don't, I don't know. If she, no, oh, she's English. Don't first let me off. find out she's from Atlanta. Her she name was Raven in the movie, though, right? Yeah. And she's from Game of Thrones, bro. Oh. That's uh, Khaleesi's assistant. Yes, that is Khaleesi's assistant. That's crazy. But she's also in another in love. I can't remember. Fell in love as I was watching her. But she again. is <laughs> gorgeous. Natalia, I think it's Natalia Emanuel. Yeah. Yeah, that works. That's her name. Yep, that's her. Ooh. She's in another movie, though. Look her, look her up. She's, she's actually, in another movie. I did look... Cause I actually I I beat her again in the Hope theater. Series seven, Game of Thrones, Maze Runner. Yeah, Maze Runner. Yeah. What was she in Maze Runner? Oh, she, she was one, one of the only girls. The only girl in Maze Runner is actually another a character, a British character from Skins. Yeah, because the only the girl character was the one that came up on the elevator, right? Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Maze Runner yet, you need to go see it. It's, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's all right. It's, it's all right. All right. It's, it's enjoyable. And the trailer I, will get you there. And the. Uh, it's gonna have sequels, so you're gonna yeah. be able to enjoy that. But, but, it, but this one has some good women in it. Like. Yeah, some and Fast and the Furious has done a good job of having cars, women, action. Like they're right. do movies, but at the same time, they do bring in a love story to bring in girls. So right. everybody can enjoy this movie. I, you're right. You're right. Everybody can enjoy this. Now franchise. Paul Walker's girl, who's in this movie, yeah, she's been through all seven movies. Yeah, have you? I thought I would see her have a bigger part. No, no. I think I think they I think they set that up well because with Mia not being in this one, it really allows you to take Paul Walker 
out of the series. Mm, yeah, so now it's going to be... And continue, because yeah. it's it's a commitment to him actually being a family guy, which I thought was very interesting, too, because I and, think that touches on real life. It does touch on real life, but at the same time, I don't want you to go too far in how they send Paul Walker off, because I feel like that was an emotional moment that everybody should have the, the luxury of I've experience. Seen oh, yeah. No, so, I think... You know, I, I just think the the commitment aspect of you know, moving 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 uh to a place of family, mm-hmm. your own family, not just mm-hmm. the fast family, but your own family, and I think you know that that spoke volumes to the movie. I I like yeah. the way you know in all seven movies it was about your family. Yeah, that it was about the people you enjoy being around. You know, with us being here, the people you enjoy being around. Those that aren't blood related, but y'all are so close that you are considered family. Mm-hmm. And to see him, you know, we go back to Fast Six with Owen Shaw. Uh, yeah, Jason Statham's brother, who's yeah. uh, mm-hmm. pretty much in a coma. Pretty much. The start of uh, Seven, and that's how you jump into bringing Jason Statham into the movie. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just to see how he said, you know, I have family. You never threaten a man's family, and that exactly. that was Vin Diesel. That was the staple of this is what all of these movies about. That's why Fast Three, uh, you know, Tokyo Drift was so important because you see Vin Diesel. I'm here looking for Han. Right. Yeah, this is right. you know I'm here looking for my cousin who I haven't seen that I heard something happened to. Mm-hmm. I'm over here on the other side of the the planet, really. Mm-hmm. To go check on this person and just to see how important it is to check up on, you know, right. those you really care about and actually be there, the, try and understand what's going on with them. You know, this this movie wasn't just action. It was actually family oriented, love behind everything. You know, you had comedy in it. Ludacris and Tyrese, their dynamic it's is hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> I, thought, I, thought Paul, I thought Paul Walker and Tyrese's dynamic was crazy. I think, Bringing yeah, Ludacris, Ludacris into this, you know, Chris just, Bridges, um, <laughs> you know, his, his, his stage name, his, yeah. his movie. It literally brought it full circle. And like, just Ludacris. My, my, the, favorite, the most favorite scene, and it's in the trailer, is when the cars fall out of this moving plane. And you know when you see the trailer that you gotta go see Fury because they jumping out of a plane in whips. <laughs> and and spoiler alert, but this this nigga Tyrese does not want to fall out of the, out of the that's, plane. That's that's not a spoiler though because he actually talked about that in an interview. He did. Him and Angela Yee had a small like Angela Yee did a, a thing at their media junk junction uh, junket jun- whatever it's called their media day whatever, mm-hmm. and it was Tyrese versus Roman as characters. Apparently, Tyrese, it, okay, it looks like they're jumping out of a full plane, but apparently they came out the plane and it was like a 25-foot yeah, drop. Yeah, it was 20, 25 feet. Tyrese didn't even want to do that. That's actually him reacting because he was like, I'm not doing this. And then <laughs> they wouldn't let him out the car and then dropped him. And that was his actual reactions. <laughs> oh, that's wild. Which is hilarious. Yeah, no, they, it, it felt real I, I heard, I heard, I heard about that. They, you know, because actually, oh, we were talking about it. We were talking about it actually after the movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, to sit there and think, first of all, you have cars flying out of a plane. No one believes this whatsoever. And everyone, <laughs> every, that was, you know, that was the critic. That was mm-hmm. critics talking before the movie even came out. This is unrealistic. People falling out of planes, which is crazy. Yeah. But you do have cars that actually drop out of planes in the military. They do. Tanks. There are there are tanks, tanks that come out of planes. There are trucks that drop out of planes. But now, oh, it's fast cars. But to see his actual reaction and knowing, like, okay, they didn't just say, okay, no, yeah, all right, we're not gonna drop you guys from a hundred feet. That's unrealistic. You guys are actors. And, mm-hmm. You know, there's somewhat of a diva mentality. To <laughs> yeah. It. But twenty five feet. I don't even. First of all, I don't think I'm jumping out of a twenty five feet plane in a car. I'm <laughs> not sure what's gonna happen when I land. You know, like I don't, I don't, right. you know. But keep so, in mind, they yeah. are paying you all of this money, so they can't say you're not getting out of the car. You're gonna do this jump. By all means, right. if you're paying me millions and millions so, of dollars, I'm jump. I, which I have God. no choice. I have to suck it was up. Was extremely. When Luda was in that car and was like, I knew you would say that. And press and that press button. button. <laughs> Just that man went out, and he had the brakes on. He was like, I'm not going. <laughs> Man, that was and that was what I would say the beginning of one of the most enjoyable slash stressful action sequences in the movie. It was long as hell mm-hmm. and really good, mm-hmm. and it rivaled the airplane sequence of six. Yes. So, yeah. but to wrap this up, because I don't want us to go too far on time, go see this movie. The um, 
My, yes. my final word is go through, go see this. You guys would stay agree with for me. the entire movie. <laughs> it's a must. Your see. tribute to Paul. Stay yeah, the entire movie. Yeah, definitely. It's, it, it, it's, it's a must see. It's you know nothing but thrills throughout the whole movie. You laugh. You'll probably cry. <laughs> you'll jump out of your seat at some point. You'll cringe. I know I was in the movie theater cringing on certain parts, <laughs> like oh my goodness. But it's a great movie. I expect everyone to go support this movie. Exactly. And uh, with that, we're going to take you out. Uh, Go see the movie. And we'll see you all in a second talking about title. Every great movement started with a group of people being able to get together and really just make a stand. Everyone here is, you know, that term icons. But we all, at one point, were in love with music. You can't make it to where we what we've accomplished without having that love of music be the foundation. I think it's one of the things that sets us aside from someone that's a tech company that's selling advertisement or selling hardware. Right now, they're writing a story for us. We need to write the story for ourselves. And that was a clip from the trailer to the announcement of the new streaming service backed by a bunch of artists owned by Jay-Z title. And today we're going to be talking about Titles streaming music service, a competitor to Spotify, a competitor to who else is out there? Beats Radio. Beats Radio. Beats Radio, Beats Radio iTunes Radio, which are probably going to be merging and relaunching very soon. Um, so, Title. Uh, Title, it is just a little facts about it. It is a two price points, no free service, not even an ad supported free service, but it's. A nine ninety nine a month or twenty nine ninety nine a month. The twenty nine ninety nine gets you twenty ninety nine. Not twenty ninety nine or nineteen ninety nine. It's twenty ninety nine. Twenty nine. That's freaking weird. You wanted ninety nine more cents. You wanted like, the, no, no. He wanted the whole nine dollar. Nine ninety nine and twenty ninety nine. That's what I'm saying. He oh. he wanted the whole extra dollar over eighteen over uh, every infomercial ever. I'm so confused. Oh yeah. <laughs> So twenty ninety nine and nine ninety nine are your price points. The twenty ninety nine buys you lossless audio. Now, lossless. For what what that means to everybody out there, and we're gonna we're gonna give you the uh, Cribnos version of Wait, compression. Wait, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. What is it? Nineteen ninety nine. I think it's nineteen. I think it's nineteen. It is nineteen ninety nine. I'm sorry, guys. Nineteen ninety nine. I was freaking right. Uh no, I said twenty nine. So I was you I was way 20, off. I was, like, I was ten dollars more. Thirty dollars. I'm never gonna do this. <laughs> like, never. But no, okay. So for those who are, who are out there, and they do a good job. If you go to the title uh, title dot com of actually explaining this. Uh, but lossless audio, what you hear in MP3 format, what you're getting this podcast in, what you get um, when you when you download music off of anything is you get an MP3 when you record audio. It goes and it makes, it basically puts all the information in your file. When you compress it down to make it smaller so you can send it easier, so you can work with it easier, it becomes, it takes out some of that information and leaves the main information for the the sound file. Same thing with video, where if you you, you take out some of the, the information in order to give you a smaller file, so you still get it. Just in a smaller format. Well, it still takes some of that information away. So you're not hearing all the little pieces that are in your music. So you're missing some of it. A lossless format is giving you everything. So thus it's bigger. That's the the big advantage. Now, there's a lot of ups and downs to that. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about those and, and actually the overall rollout. There's a 20-minute press conference that they they hosted. Um, this was originally a, another music service that was Swedish that Jay-Z bought to create Tidal. And that the name of that is? Aspiro. Aspiro. That was bought for $56 million? $56 million. $56 million. So he found this company. He liked what they were doing. And he paid them $56 million to, to take it from them. <laughs> Not take it from them. But he probably kept intact the team. He kept the team. He kept the team and everything. And then there's a lot of artists backing this. So they're they're saying that this is the artist music service. Because we had controversy in the last couple months. Like with Taylor Swift. She jacked her whole, whole catalog off Spotify. Because she felt like she wasn't getting paid the right amount of money for it. I, I 
think this conversation, you, this conversation has to start a little bit with what artists are saying and how they're feeling about how the music industry is moving towards. Because the whole, I think Jay-Z is really what he's trying to do is take an opportunity and see what he can do with it. Mm-hmm. And right now he sees the opportunity where all artists are saying, I'm not getting paid what I used to. I'm not making money off of anything other than my tours. My, you know, my CDs and everything aren't making sales that they used to. What can I do? And so Jay-Z is taking the opportunity, I think, with buying a Spiro and then trying to flip it over and build it into an artist-owned music service. So I think Taylor has her own right in leaving, um, what was it, Spotify. Mm-hmm. And Spotify is a free service that also has a paid service. Freemium. Freemium. Yeah, and if you're free, you're not going to make any money off of you know streams. And I think we also need to say what's happening now today as well is that people are making money off of streams. They're not making money off of album sales. You know, it's about how many times your your music is getting streamed. Unless you're J Cole. Exactly. <laughs> Unless you're J Cole. Sorry, I had to put that Respect plug in there. J Cole, shout out to you, man. I'm a huge fan. But again, it's it's the stream is, is what's happening today and Spotify is getting over it with just giving it free. And I think it's really not Taylor is not getting hurt as much as the indie um person is getting hurt. You know what I'm saying? The person who's on the road, who's not mainstream, who's just, you know, going to these back end bars and just performing and passing out their mixtape and their albums there, they're getting hurt the most when they go to Spotify and say, Take my album and play it because they still don't get really a percentage. And I think my only last thing would be is right now how it used to be, and, and stop me if I'm wrong, Reef, but an artist would go to a label and sign, right? And then the label would now own rights to your music. The masters, am I right? Mm-hmm. That's the correct. Masters. And so you would go on the road and you would do tours, and of course you'll get paid from that tour, but the label takes a piece from it, right? So I think one thing that has to be reminded, and this is why I think Jay-Z is really good at doing this, is Jay-Z bought his masters back. If I'm right, from Rock, um, when he made Rock Nation. Yeah. Correct. He bought his masters back. From, uh, with that. Def Jam? Def Jam. He bought them from Def Jam with help of Columbia and right. Rick Rubin. Yeah. He bought them back just because he knew that's how he would make money off of it. And now he can go and do that. And I think that's, he's probably trying to do that for other artists. Right? Yeah. I think he is, especially with, I think it was a couple weeks ago that they, Jay-Z was in talks to buy um, the not the Beatles. It was somebody else's. For who was it? Oh crap! Because because Michael Jackson owned, owned the Beatles catalog, and they and the the Jackson family sold it to. Uh, they sold it off to to make to make money because I think they're mismanaging his. But they they sold it to uh, not the nigga who's with Kanye. Uh, who's, I'm gonna cut all this. On off. good music. No, 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 not, uh, uh, who's, Paul McCartney. Yes. Jesus. Yes. I think the Jackson family sold it to Paul McCartney. Um, but, I, Jay-Z, it's speculation that he bought the rights to Tupac Shakur's catalog. That's what it is. Tupac's catalog. That's amazing. Yeah. So, and imagine if he buys that and it's only on, the masters go on title. Exactly. So, and. It's a setup. <laughs> I think I, I agree with you that it's a setup, especially when you have artists from all different genres ta- uh, coming into this. So Jay Z was part of this: Madonna, Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Kanye, Jason Aldean, Daft Punk, Rihanna, Coldplay, uh, Usher, Nicki Minaj, Jack White, Calvin Harris, R.K. Fire, um, Dead Mouse, J. Cole, and Alicia Keys. Mm-hmm. So you have the music spectrum. Mm-hmm. Like you, okay, you don't have some genres in there, but you have the ones that make the most impact: country, EDM, right, hip hop, pop, pop, right, army. He, he's he's done he's done the right thing, and he's passed. He's gone and got the whole spectrum of music, right. Mm-hmm. And let's not let's not give credit where it's due. I think it's a great idea. I think he's he's put it in the right spectrum. But what I want to understand is. Streaming services don't make it because we still pirate music. We still download music, right? You might pirate music. I don't pirate anything. I'm not trying to. I know, but that is going to be on my ass. Culture, <laughs> I'm talking about the culture of music, that's and true. that's that. That's that's the how it is today. Is this going to make the artists money if you have the opposite? I agree, 
And that was actually something that was talked about uh, a couple weeks, uh, I want to say maybe a month ago, on, uh, about a month ago on Bill Maher. Actually, Aloe Black was on Bill Maher. And he was talking about the same thing. Hmm? I was saying that's yours. Oh, oh, I'm, I guess I'm taking another shot too. Uh, Aloe Black was on Bill Maher talking about this because he wrote the and sung on Avicii's uh, Wake Me Up, mm-hmm. but doesn't get much from it because it's Avicii's song. Also doesn't get the streams from it, so he's really eating off like two points and not performing it because it's not his song. His song. And Aloe Black, he, I mean, he, it worked out for him because that catapulted his other song to uh, higher heights because he, he had his voice on the radio. But at the same time, he's not getting paid. That's what's hit. And I think it's only a matter of time before we get to the point where other artists, these especially these artists, are yanking their music off of all the other streaming services. Right. But you got to look at it from a standpoint of, you know, and I think, shameless plug, my new, my new one of my clothing clothing uh one of my clothing lines uh new sayings is chestnut checkers uh but you you sit here and you think <laughs> about the game this is chestnut checkers this is a move that is actually going to catapult title to actually being what the name is it's going to become a title wave where every artist is pulling from every other company and coming to this company because yes one they want part ownership which which is being offered and yes, they're getting more money for what they do. They're mm-hmm. actually being recognized for their artistry and putting these songs together. You know, you look at Rihanna right now. Her uh, her song "Bitch Better Have My Money." She's putting out there. I didn't write this song. This twenty-one-year-old young lady wrote this song mm-hmm. that everyone loves. Yep. And now this 21-year-old young lady is actually getting the opportunity to put her songs out there, and she's actually writing more music for other mainstream artists right now. And that has happened in the past, but not as prevalent, because we all hear, I became Neo. I became a Neo fan because he wrote one of my favorite songs of all time, Let Me Love You, and by Mario. And when he did that, shot time. Ah, so uh, he wrote "Let Me Love You." That led me to then investigate Neo's first album, which was really dope. Mm-hmm. Second album was really dope. Third was meh. This newest one, I think there may have been another one in there too, but this newest yeah, one's actually on pretty five. dope. This actually, this new one's pretty dope too. We should. I, it, it came out too late for. I mean, too early for us to review it on the podcast. But go out, cop that. Um, it gives the op- opportunities to those artists, especially because, like, in the R&B industry, the pop industry, a lot of times people aren't writing their own songs. Coming Very more true. prevalent in hip-hop, too, but nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody Kendrick, wants- Kendrick kind of flames with people with it. Nobody <laughs> wants to talk about that. Can we get into that? No? I mean... <laughs> okay, okay, you know, we don't want to touch that. Tech We're going to stick with tech for right now. So That's no problem. I guess the question of the hour is, are you going to sign up for title? So, so I'll, I'll take my first. So, I, my thing is, would I sign up for title? It would have to be. The reason I would is if the content was exclusively on there, and so that's what I think Jay Z has done right now. Is he said, "I'm going to exclusively give you these artists, and you can't find them anywhere else." I'll have to get it at that point, and so just to keep it 100 with everybody out there, I don't. I've never signed up for Spotify or anything. Because in my in my world, I can just get this music myself. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And I'm not saying I pirate or anything like that. I buy an album or something. But I just don't see the point of me having a streaming service. For instance, I'm a person of SoundCloud. I love mm-hmm. going on SoundCloud. It's free. I get to hear beats. I get to hear music that I like. And then if I really like an artist, I'll go buy the album. I don't need to pay streaming every month. I hate seeing that. But if I knew that every artist that I really fucked with was on this service... I could see myself paying that $10 a month to do it. My second point would be, I'm really interested to see what happens with John, I hope I'm saying his name right, Johnny Yvonne, what's his name, um, who works with Dr. Dre? The the tech? No, 
use the tech guy is um Johnny um the one that helps uh, sell beats. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember his last I, name. I, I don't know his last name, but he's the one who Apple Apple got Dre and they got him. Mm-hmm. They pulled both of them into their team to redo their iTunes radio service. Which actually he was already working for Apple. He was. He was. So my question, not my question, but I guess my my fence, why I'm on the fence is because I know Apple is doing the same thing Jay is doing right now. Mm-hmm. Apple is calling up artists. And I heard it over a million times now that they've called artists and said, we're trying to do this. We'll give you this much money to sign with us. Mm-hmm. Exclusive rights. You know, and I know they're doing that. So I think Jay has got the idea right. I think he came out early. But I think what I'm going to say is that Jay's going to end up going to Apple and Apple's going to say, let's buy your rights. I'll buy what you're doing and you can come work for us and do it. I honestly see that happening. I can kind of see that. And, but here's the other thing that I think with Apple and the biggest criticism of Tidal is that with that, that premium tier, that 1999 and the lossless, you're not. The biggest criticism is you're not going to hear the difference unless you're on exceptional audio equipment. Beats is made to be exceptional audio equipment. And that was the whole that was the whole premise. If you remember right when Beats was launching, he was like, it's not I just want to make headphones. I want to make music processing better for the masses. That lets you hear everything. And that was the whole thing behind him. Because Beats... Everybody sees Beats audio headphones and speakers. But what they don't see a lot of times is what is integrated into a lot of HP products. And that is the Beats audio processing. It's not just the speakers. It's not just the headphones. It's the processing behind it. Which should be able to take this loss of audio to another height. Well, my, my thing is, and I was recently, I recently read an article and was watching an interview where they say Beats Audio is actually not great. They're saying the brand behind it, and actually you can look up the article. Um, I believe it. It's, I guess it's titled, you know, what ba- makes Beats great. If you find it, well, we'll find an article and put it in the show notes. The show notes will be on the website and they'll be in the uh, iTunes description too. But it talks about how Beats is, you know, was, we'll tweet it out. Go Beats ahead. was amazing at marketing their brand with, you know, having all of these celebrities and superstars and athletes, you know, promoting and marketing this brand. But Beats pretty much is not that good. It 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 made it sold you a dream that this is exactly what Beats was. And oh, really? you know, there's a lot of other products that actually sound a lot better than Beats. And you know, you gotta we have, now we have to really sit there and think about well, you know, yeah, Dre sold us the dream of this is the ultimate headphones for you to hear everything. Mm-hmm. Why is it the ultimate headphone for you to hear everything? Because Dr. Dre, one of the mega producers of music, mm-hmm. period mm-hmm. And West Coast Sound and, you know, Sound Period is just telling you this, which is all well and good. Beats may be good, but it's not the best. Mm-hmm. And we got to, you know, we have to sit here and actually dissect, that. dissect yeah, right. you know, right. what's really going into it. Or if we're buying into the brand or marketing of mm-hmm. what Beats headphones is supposed to be, That's quote right. unquote. And, and, and my only piece to that would be is that Apple went and bought Beats. And I think Apple did not go and buy Beats for the hardware. I can tell you, I can tell you right. That's true. They did not buy them for the hardware. (laughs) They bought them for Dre and for the Johnny guy who he was working for because they had knowledge. They had already found out how to market it to people. That's already, that's what you buy it for. You buy it for the talent, right? Apple already knows how to, I feel like Apple even knows that their earbuds. Yeah, Jimmy Levine. Uh, Yeah. So I feel like Apple already knows. I think it's Ivy. I think Apple already knows their iPhone headphones suck. I think they know that plain and simple. I think they know that they make those at a factory and they just shoot them out. And I think they know if I pick up the Beats headphones. They were made by Monster. Right. Right. But if I, exactly. And Monster made the Beats. But now that we bring them over to Apple, Apple can redo it. Mm-hmm. Right. And they can put their own service on top of it. And I think the only reason that people are going to sign up for Apples is because they're going to find some way to tie it into the phone. You know, the, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not here to bash Beats. I think Beats, Beats, Beats actually 
did what was needed to be done for those who enjoy music and actually DJs and mm. bringing fashion to actually being a DJ or even being an old school DJ because beats are actually bulky headphones. Mm-hmm. They're not these little, little, you know, earplugs. tech savvy ear, head, yeah. head plugs, earplugs ear that you put in your ears. They did, you know, beats became fashion. Mm-hmm. It was it, now these, that's fashion. That's fashionable for you to actually throw on a set of beats headphones and walk around wherever you're going in or if you're a dj you're a hot dj because you got these super beat headphones you got a studio yeah. wireless right, <laughs> right, you got studio wireless just sitting there you know playing yeah. your music and you know which is cool it, you know and now you you go back to thinking about title it's like well you ha- you have to sit here and ask your question ask yourself the question of well what kind of headphones do i need to actually Enjoy this. Enjoy mm-hmm. the, the complete service. The lossless music. Yeah. So I got I, and and just to kind of wrap this up, because um, honestly we can have this conversation all day, and I think and we even had this in the pre pre discussion when we started with this some of and had to hold off, but uh, so with that with with just wrapping it up, I'm gonna try it. I found a six month voucher as we were sitting here. And, and I'll, I'll pass that along. Pass that along, brother. Please. Uh, and and so I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna see what it looks like. Um, I use Spotify, so I'm a, I, from time to time. Um, but I'm gonna give it a shot. I want y'all to give it a shot. But I don't think any of us are ready to buy right now. And I right. think that's not for ten dollars a month. Not for nineteen ninety. Right. For twenty dollars a month. Jay Z, so, make it five dollars, bro. Make hey, it five dollars. Real quick, month, while you man. while you bring the name up, I'd like to shout out Jay Z and Rock Nation for purchasing Tupac Shakur's entire catalog. Oh, I think that was a that's monumental amazing. business move. That's real big. I wonder if I, I see where we're going with this. I, 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 I that see where we're going with this. <laughs> the unreleased shout stuff. out to Brooklyn, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, anything y'all want to plug before we get up, get up out of here, guys? Um, just real quickly, um, Instagram again is JetSetter06. If you need IT consulting, anything like that, just hit me up on the Instagram page. I'm really good at networking, really good at coding. Um, just a great history of that. And if you just want to talk tech news, I mean, this is something I love to talk about. If you just want to talk tech and you want to see what the new thing is going to be or you want to hear the opinions of the neighborhood, just <laughs> let me know. So Instagram, JetSetter06. This is Stops. Yeah, man, this is Gold Member, the real Gold Member on Instagram. Come check me out, man. My clothing line will be dropping very soon. Gold Member Lifestyle. It's a wealth brand at an at an uh, a pretty uh, good price for those who want to consume my shirts, graphic tees. Thirty dollars. We'll be pushing a winter line very soon. But please come check me out. We're launching in May. GoldMemberLifestyle.com. Uh, also, come check me out if you're in Atlanta. If you're looking for good pizza. Great pizza and a great experience great. in nightlife. Who could too? Come by the spinning pie at 259 Peter Street. We're pretty much probably the best pizza spot in the city, hands Ooh, down. Nobody's really shots. seeing us. Uh, if you come by, ask for, Sh- ask for Sharif. He'll be sure to help you out. Um, but please, come by, have a drink, have some pizza with us. Enjoy yourself, kick back, and relax. I appreciate the opportunity. Virtual dopeness. <laughs> we out here. This has been dope, man. I'm glad to have y'all in, and I, we'll, we'll definitely have y'all back around. Hopefully, hopefully y'all be around with uh, HR Paper Stacks coming around. So oh, that, that's going to be a show. We appreciate y'all. Oh, yeah, it's going to definitely that's be a show. That's going to be a show. <laughs> so, and we thank y'all for listening again. Um, once again, we want to hear what y'all think. Are you y'all, y'all using title? Are are do you think we're wrong? Do you think we're right? Let us know. Hit us up, Virtual Dopeness on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Virtual Dopeness, and the soon-to-be redesigned Virtual Dopeness.com. Uh, hit us up. Let us know if you have anything, if you want to advertise with us, if you want to uh, just give us a longer comment than what you're willing to put online, then um, virtual, uh, virtual Dopeness at gmail.com. So, or if you have any extra vouchers or anything, anybody from Title. Let, let a brother know because <laughs> I want to try it all out. I want to try this, the, the ultra premium, but 20 bucks a month is kind of steep. <laughs> Hit us up. Let us know. Thank you for listening. And we'll uh, see you on the outro. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is episode six of Virtual Dopeness, the uh, great hodgepodge that we've made of it. Uh, hope you hung in there. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, once again, we're just coming back 
fun weekend too at Coachella. It was an awesome weekend. You'll hear about it on episode seven. You'll hear about the performances, reviews, gripes, grievances, and greatness that we endured. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Please shout out to us. Reach out to us. We want to hear from you. We want to hear feedback. I don't want to just talk like I'm throwing stuff out there. I want to engage you guys in some good conversation. Hit us up at Virtual Dopeness on Twitter, Virtual Dopeness on Instagram, Facebook.com slash Virtual Dopeness, soon to be redesigned, VirtualDopeness.com, and Virtual Dopeness on SoundCloud. So please hop in there with your comments, review us on iTunes, review us on Stitcher, let us know. We appreciate you guys, and as always, be virtual and live dope. Oh,